Hey guys, welcome to the shit show of my 20s. I'm so excited that you guys are here. My name's Sophia. I started this podcast in the beginning of April and I got furloughed at the end of March. And quite honestly, it was so hard for me to comprehend and deal with that. I was like, I have two choices right now. I can start the podcast that I've always wanted to start or I can let this really deter me and start emotional eating and just sit on the couch and do nothing. And I decided to go with the first choice. And I'm so glad that I did because I've got to meet so many inspiring people from all over the world. And I hope that you guys see yourselves in some of these stories because I've just been having so much fun. This has been lighting me up so much. And I'm really glad that I put myself out there and decided to start it. You know, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to start it. And I'm so glad that I just did that. And I know as an introvert, it's been pretty hard to like put myself out there, talk in front of a camera, talk to all these people I don't know. But I feel like this has been such a growing experience for me. And I feel like I need to share that with you guys because maybe there's something in your life that excites you but kind of scares you at the same time. And maybe it's time to step into that. Today's guest is Leah. I love chatting with her. She was actually the reason that I started using Pinterest. And before we did this interview, she was telling me about how she was using Pinterest to really drive her website traffic and how because of Pinterest that her podcast has actually got into the top 200 list. And so I heard about Pinterest a couple times within a few weeks from different business owners. And Leah was really like the final one that really got me to go onto Pinterest. I never told her that, but because of the conversation I had with Leah, I was like, I really need to start taking Pinterest seriously. So I started my business account and I started really using it. So in this conversation, we talk about how she left her corporate job, what inspired her to start her business, her tips for if you have blocks around selling, the energy you're using on your sales calls and how to attract your ideal clients. So let's get started. Awesome. So thank you so much, Leah, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. Love to know about your story, any career changes you've had so far. How'd you get to the place you're at right now? Yeah. So it's been quite a windy path. Um, I guess I'll start with, I went to college, just like a lot of people with not really a crystal clear vision of where I wanted to be. So I majored first in hospitality management and uh, left college, kind of went into that for a little bit, was doing some management um, in a hospital and then quickly realized I wanted to try my hand in sales. And I went into sales, kind of just stumbled into that career path. But very quickly through working in sales, I learned that confidence and mindset were more important than the strategy that people were using or work ethic or anything else. So I became kind of fascinated by that. Um, Kind of started dabbling in personal development on the side. And then after a few years, I became a sales manager. So I was coaching salespeople. And I found myself coaching a lot on mindset, a lot on confidence and believing in themselves and believing in the product and all of that and how important that was. So then it was, let's see, January 2019, I started a blog and it was totally just supposed to be, you know, a hobby, a passion project to help empower women, teach them about confidence. It was called Kim Confidence. And from that blog, I eventually grew into coaching And now I coach entrepreneurs, helping them to grow their sales through letting go of self-doubt, teaching them to believe in themselves, 
teaching them to have confidence to sell their product or service. And I have a podcast as well called Candid Confidence. And that's basically, yeah, that's basically a, the long and short of it. <laughs> awesome. And why, what was that transition like from leaving your sales job to working full time? Did you build your business on the side? How'd that look like? Yeah. So that was over a year of building my business on the side. So it was like coming home from work. I'm so sorry. I don't know why it's doing this. So this has never happened before. Oh no. Okay. Well, I think it's done. I think it's done doing that. I think we're good. Okay. Okay. You're done. You're done. Work. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's continue with um, what your transition looked like. Okay. Yeah. So for a long time, it felt crazy. You know, I was telling friends and family about what I was doing. I was, I was on Instagram and, and doing all the things and, and gradually getting clients, but it still seemed crazy to be spending so much time for something that had no guarantee, um, you know, no security, no way to guarantee it was going to play out for me and work out. But I just went with it for a long time. It just was really a dream of mine. And so I started getting some clients Um, yeah, but the transition from my full-time job, it was, it was scary leading up to it. I was, you know, my husband was very much like, are you sure you want to do this? You make a lot of money. You have a 401k, all the things. Um, it took a lot of like, kind of trying to gently talk him into it and explain why it made sense. And as soon as I took the leap, it all truly did fall into place. I really, really believe that having a plan B essentially it takes away your plan A and mm-hmm. not that everyone should just quit their nine to five without doing the, the work beforehand. Um, you know, I put in the work, I had a strategy going, I had clients, everything was making sense, but still like taking that leap of faith in myself definitely propelled me. Uh, and I just worked for a long time on the mindset. So I built up so much belief that I was going to be safe and supported and everything would work out that like truly when I left, I really didn't feel scared much. Um, and yeah, now I can't imagine really doing anything else. And I live my life to inspire and motivate women to do the same thing and to chase their own dreams and to never settle. Cause I'm so, so glad I never gave up along the way. And what advice would you give to someone who wants to make that leap in their life? Yeah, I would say, I would say it's so much more doable than you think. I would say, you know, sometimes I feel like we look at these people who have online businesses and and they're just like, you know, working by their pool or whatever. And we think, wow, like that's, that's good for them, but I could never do that. Right. And like, that's just simply not true. Like we're not talking about, we're not talking about becoming like a movie star, right? It's not for the 1% of people who get lucky and get, make it to the top. It's essentially anyone can create a business out of something that they have experience with, knowledge with, or are willing to learn and can make it into a full-time job. It's, it's not so unrealistic as people think. Um, so I would say if you have that dream in your heart, go for it. And if you're willing to do whatever it takes, um, you'll get there. I would say doing the mindset work. I'm huge on that. I think that, yeah, I mean, building the belief in yourself and what you're doing is half the battle because until you have your mindset right, you won't stay consistent with anything. Um, so yes, hard work is important. Yes, consistency is important, but those things really, you will subconsciously block yourself if you don't have the full belief that it's gonna work. So 
I would say do the mindset work, do journaling um, is huge for me. That's like a big part of what I work with my clients on. But yeah, do whatever it takes to get your mindset around believing in yourself, listen to podcasts like this one, and just go for it and believe you can do it. And what did your personal development journey look like? Was there something that happened in your life that led you to personal development? How'd you get into it? Yeah, so I did I did a lot of it, I guess, just kind of reading books. I've always been into reading. So when I was in sales and sales management, I was reading books about sales. I was reading about success. I read things like, um, you know, the seven habits of highly effective people. So like that side of personal development. And then I would say it was like maybe six months before I started my blog, I randomly stumbled into the book, The Secret, which is so many people's gateway drug into like the world of manifestation and the law of attraction. So I read the book and I was like, wow, that is pretty crazy if this is real. So I got super into that. I started listening to podcasts and from there, it just became like a way of life for me. I, I now wake up every morning and I journal first thing. I clear my head in the journal. I get my mindset on track. I meditate. I was meditating there every single day for like a year and a half. I don't do it as much anymore, but yeah, I mean, just, I built up my entire life to basically be like getting my mindset on point. And it's a lot of people don't believe in this stuff. Um, but usually they're the ones who have not yet (laughs) built a successful business off of their computer. So yeah, that's kind of how I stumbled into it and had, I guess, what you would say, like a spiritual awakening. And what's the, your favorite thing that you've manifested? Um, hmm. I would say, I mean, for sure, my business, 100%. Um, I would say for sure. Yeah, my business. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, just like manifesting the, the clients that I would say, like, they're all dream clients. Everyone that I have is exactly the type of person I want to be coaching. Um, my podcast from the very beginning, I was manifesting having like a top rated podcast. It's, it's in the top 200 right now. So yeah, I really, yeah, for sure. My business. So what advice would you give someone who has, um, blocks towards selling they have shame around it? Maybe they want to sell, but they don't know how to get into it. What advice would you give them? Yeah. So this is one of the most common things I would say that people people come to me for and that people really struggle with because you can have the best product. You can be an amazing coach or any type of service provider. But if you are uncomfortable selling, that's going to block you from growing your business. Um, it's always funny when I see on like in a Facebook group, someone's like, I really want to start an online business, but I don't want to sell anything. And I'm like, how are people going to give you money if you're not selling anything? Like that's not real. So we have this weird thing around selling, right? So what I, what the process basically looks like, what I teach my clients is, for example, break out your journal and just start, and I just like assume everyone has a journal, which is so weird, but bust out a journal, go get one today and write down all the reasons why you feel like you shouldn't be selling something on the internet or why selling is feeling weird or why people won't buy your thing at your price point. Get that stuff out um, onto paper because sometimes it swims around in our head and it feels very real because our ego brain really gives us all these excuses to sell and to put ourselves out there so we can keep us safe, right? It wants to keep us in the comfort zone 
where everyone likes us and we're not risking rejection. But those things that swim around in our heads, for example, like no one can afford this product or something like that, or it's rude to ask someone for money or whatever. Those things swim around our head and they feel very real and very scary. But sometimes when we look at them written down on paper, we can realize that they're just not super valid, that they're not real. And you just want to ask yourself, you know, um, I love the way Tony Robbins puts this. He says, would it hold up in a court of law? And so you're looking at these beliefs that are in your head about selling and you're asking yourself, is this hundred percent real? Like, would this hold up in a court of law? Most of the time the answer is no. So, okay. So then what? Because it's essentially a thought, right? That we just have swimming around in our head. It's not a fact. So we have to recognize that these things are not facts. And so they're just thoughts that we or someone else have implanted into our mind. So what do we want to put in their place? So then the process is deciding new beliefs, right? Deciding people love your product, deciding everyone wants to buy from you, deciding everyone can afford this product who it's drawn to, right? The dream clients are always just around the corner, um, getting really clear on that kind of thing. And along with that, I think it's really important to have a price point. If you're in a business where you're designing your own prices, have a price point that you can fully, fully, fully get behind. You can always raise it down the road but you've got to believe you're giving massive value for that price. You've got to believe it's totally worth it because people will be able to tell if you don't feel that way. And the more nervous you are in your sales situations, the more people, people will feel uncomfortable and they won't know why or what it is or, or that you're feeling weird. And so they feel weird, but they'll pick up on that energy and they'll feel that there isn't just a ton of belief there and it'll just make them feel a little uncomfortable and then they just won't buy. They won't know why, but that's what it's going to make them feel. So having a price point that you a thousand percent can get behind and you can, if people don't want to pay for it, it's like, okay, that's totally fine because they know other people are going to pay for it. So it's all about building that belief around yourself, your product, getting rid of the stupid negative thoughts in your head that we all have that just are not real. And yeah, just deciding that deciding that you'll do whatever it takes to be successful and that sales just has to be part of that. <laughs> and what have you been doing to call in your dream clients? Do you go through Facebook groups? Do you go through hashtags? How do you track them? Yeah. So a lot of it, um, we actually talked a little before the call about this, but Pinterest has been huge for me. I get 99% of my website traffic from Pinterest which is people are usually shocked, but I've been using Pinterest for a long time. And that's just like, it's because I started with a blog. So that's a huge way. Um, Pinterest then draws people to my podcast. And so a lot of the clients come through the podcast to Instagram, to my offers, I would say is the most common. I also do have a Facebook group and that's another common way. Um, just sharing information in there. I do live trainings. Yeah. And I would say, I would say what really shifted it to calling in dream clients versus calling in just whoever, getting really clear on exactly who I wanted to work with and um, designing my messaging so it was exactly what I wanted to say. So I feel like for a long time, I, um, and this is something a lot of people struggle with, right? We start to type out, let's say it's like your Instagram caption and we start to type it out and we start to think, okay, but if I say it this way, this group of people over here is not going to maybe like it or they won't be drawn in. 
Um, so let me tweak it so it's going to please everybody in, in my audience. And it's like, you have to just kind of nip that in the bud and just type what you want to type and just focus on either your ideal client or whatever you feel in your heart versus trying to like appeal to like a wide range of people. And so part of how you even get to that point is believing that you don't have to work with a wide range of people, that you only need to work with your dream clients and there's enough of them and they will come to you. So once you have that belief and you start to create all of your content around um, just being specific and, and niche down and not trying to make everybody happy, that's, I would say, how you attract uh, the people. Yeah. Mm. And what have you taken away from like working in sales that you've brought into your business? Um, I guess, so when I was working in sales, I didn't know, I wouldn't have called it like vibes. I wouldn't have called it like become a vibrational match. I wouldn't have said like, um, I wouldn't have framed it like that, but it was, it was that. And even, you know, I worked, my bosses were all, um, 50 something men who were super conservative and, you know, <laughs> didn't, would never have in a million years entertained like the woo woo side of things. Right. But even people like that can get behind and know that it is a vibes thing. It is when you walk into a sales meeting, the people are reading your energy. And if you have an energy of either like one thing that doesn't work at all is having like a desperate energy, like wanting it so bad combined with a fear that you won't get it, that energy that's based in like lack, no one likes that and people just won't buy from it. So that applies in any wheelhouse, in any world of sales. Um, the online world is no exception, you know? So when you're even just talking face to camera on Instagram, people can pick up on that like desperate, lackey energy. They won't know it. They won't be able to, to say, ooh, she seems kind of desperate. I mean, maybe they could if it was really bad. But just, most of the time, you just aren't, magnet, like, aren't magnetic for them to come in. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing that I would say I took away is, yeah, you know, you can work, you can be the hardest working person in the room and that is something, but if you have a, a weird energy and you don't have a clarity of um, your confidence, then it's not going to really matter as much. Whereas if you are super confident and you have like, it's like you want to feel like you have such a belief behind your product and yourself and like a belief that you're going to sell combined with wanting it so badly, but believing in it so much that you, if you lose this sale, it doesn't matter because you know there's another one. You know there's always one around the corner. That's the energy that people buy from. That's what makes you magnetic. So it's a tough point to get to. It takes a lot of clearing out the negative stuff, but yeah, it's interesting because it doesn't matter if you're someone who's into like the woo woo world or not. If you have any knowledge or, you know, basis in psychology, it's the same thing essentially. So that's probably the biggest thing I feel like I learned. Yeah. And what have you been doing to keeping, to keep your vibration high? Uh, a lot of things. Um, most recently I got a mini trampoline for my birthday. <laughs> which I know like Tony, I mentioned Tony Robbins. He has one of those. It's like a common thing um, that I've been seeing pop up and people say it's like a, you know, way to lift your vibes. 
Um, there's also a lot of health benefits to it, which is super interesting. So what I do recently before calls is I will like blast music and jump on the mini trampoline. Um, but throughout the day, and I will say this is considerably easier when you don't have a nine to five job. It was, it was a lot more challenging when I was in the nine to five. Um, but it looks like going for walks frequently, doing yoga frequently, going into nature, being, being like, um, exercising, all of those things just to like clear your mind. And of course, journaling, of course, meditating. I used to do a lot of tapping. Do you know EFT tapping? Mm -hmm. Have you ever yes. done it? I haven't done it yet. I should. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so good. I can't recommend enough. If you, um, you should look up Brad Yates on YouTube. He's like the OG. I swear if you type in Brad Yates tapping and then any like negative thing or positive thing that you want, he will have a tapping video for you on YouTube. It's like you could type anxiety, you could type stomach ache, you could type dream clients, anything. He has a tapping video. And it's really interesting. It's basically like tapping on the meridian points. Um, and I forget what it's called. What's that system called of your body? I forget. Oh, like it's kind of like acupuncture, like the meridian points that you would do for acupuncture or something. And he takes you through these videos and it's a really good way to work through negative emotions and come out on the other half, on the other side, just feeling really cleared of them. So I totally recommend tapping. Um, I probably already said music and podcasts, but yeah, just like filling your day. Like it's so easy when you're when you're anxious, it's so easy to want to like veg out on the couch and like do nothing, right? That's like the easier thing to do because your body, your ego brain is saying, hey, let's stay in the comfort zone. The comfort zone right now is being negative. Let's stay there. So the harder thing to do is to challenge that. And like, yes, you want to feel the feelings and let yourself, you know, be aware of why there's anxiety and experience it. But then it's like you, you get to change and you get to shift and you get to choose to go for a walk outside. You know, you get to choose to jump on a trampoline or put on music and dance um, and just shift yourself out of that negative energy. And the more that you practice doing that time after time after time, it becomes a habit and it becomes who you are and it becomes a way more fun way of being. And what tips would you give someone who wants to start on Pinterest? Yeah, Pinterest. Um, hmm. I would say, so I like spent a really long time, probably a year, like learning Pinterest on my own, not being great at it. But then I bought this course for like 30, 39 or 40 bucks or something from this girl and it spells out everything. So if someone's really wants to use Pinterest, I'd recommend that course. It's called Pinterest with L. Um, I would recommend that. I can send you the link if you want. So I'd recommend that versus trying to learn it all on your own, but essentially what it looks like is you create pins on canva.com, which is free. You just make pins. You just go on Pinterest and look for inspiration um, or pinspiration, and you just start making pins for your content. And you can just upload them to Pinterest with a link to your content. That's kind of like the very like uh, easy way of explaining it. But then to really grow, there's a lot that goes into like hashtagging and descriptions of pins. You can use Tailwind. I'm a huge fan of Tailwind. Tailwind pins your pins throughout the day for you. So you make the pins, you put them on Tailwind. Um, 
I would say if you are someone who wants to grow your traffic, like it's what the number third, it's, I think it's the third largest search engine in the world. So just decide to do it and decide to go after it and decide to learn it. Um, yeah, I would say that. And if you were to start your podcast all over again today, is there anything you would have done differently? Um, I would just have started sooner. I would have started sooner. I went through a phase of several months where I like had decided I wanted a podcast and you know, you go through a phase of like, well, podcasts are awesome, but I could never host a podcast. I mean, who the bleep am I? I don't know if we swear on here or not. Yeah. Yeah, you can. (laughs) Um, but who am I? Who would listen to me? What do I have to say? I'm not an expert, right? So you go through this whole thing of like all of that. And I went through that and then I was like, okay, you know what? No, I could have a podcast if I want to have a podcast, but my brain and my ego gave me excuses not to start it yet. So I had this very realistic talk track in my mind of, oh, well, I'm working on this thing right now and um, doing this. And it makes more sense to wait until about September to start the podcast. Like that was kind of the talk track in my mind. And when your brain gives you excuses, we don't recognize them as excuses, right? They sound logical. We don't, we're not taught for some reason that I'll never understand. Children and teenagers and even college students are not taught to question the thoughts in their head, right? We're never taught that, so we think it's real. So I had these excuses to wait, and then eventually I realized it was just a bunch of bullshit and that they were just excuses and that it didn't make any sense, so then I started. Um, I would have started sooner. Yeah, I would say start whenever you feel the inspiration. Um, One of the biggest reasons why I feel like online business works for me so well now, as opposed to even six months ago, is really following my intuition. When I have an idea of something I want to do, yes, a voice might come up and make me question it, but I, I just do it anyways. I just follow that little gut feeling, that inspiration, knowing that there's going to be a voice next that's going to tell you not to do it. It's going to tell you to hold off. I just kind of bypass that voice and go with the first voice um, all the time now. But for a long time, that was a series of working through those ego voices that came up. Yeah. And what is your favorite part of your business? Um, my favorite part, really? Well, I mean, just client results, like clients feeling transformations would be the ultimate best part. But I do this really fun thing called the Mindful Academy where I teach meditation and journaling essentially and mindfulness. And it's an online, it's an ongoing monthly membership program. So weekly I do a live meditation class in there. Um, I give journaling prompts. I kind of teach how to do the inner work, all of that. And that's super fun for me. I feel like that's something I'm really passionate about. But same thing, just like the people in there or my coaching clients telling me, hey, this thing worked. I may have given up if it wasn't for you. Like, thank you for inspiring me or whatever the things are. Like, that's the best part because then you, that's what it's all about. You just know that you're doing something good every single day and it's, it's amazing. And what is candid confidence? Yeah, so candid confidence Really, it came from, I knew I wanted to have a blog about confidence. And to be perfectly honest, I sat there with my husband thinking of words that went with confidence to have as like the title of my blog website. And I was looking at lists of words that started with letter C. 
<laughs> and then I was narrowing that list down and narrowing it down. But the word candid stood out because, I mean, it just means like authentic. Um, and I think that's, so sometimes I feel like the word confidence, I don't want people to think it means like being, feeling like you're hot or feeling, you know, like to me, it's more like belief in yourself. So candid confidence is really like to teach women to own the parts of them that make them who they are, that aren't perfect, because that's what makes you perfect. It's your authenticity. It's, it's your realness. Um, learning to love those parts of you, I feel like it's everything. So yeah, I feel like that's, that's my whole brand is like real, real belief in who you are and in the parts of you that, you know, you might not see as perfect right now, but working towards believing that as a whole, you are perfect. So yeah, that's what it means. And what advice would you give to someone who's struggling to be confident? I would say, yeah, first and foremost, I feel like the biggest thing with confidence really is learning to trust yourself, learning to, I say, I've seen learning to believe in yourself and learning to trust yourself is almost the same thing. So I would say, try to hone in on what that voice deep inside of you is saying and focus on that versus the voices from outside of you, your ego voices, all of that. And that's a very difficult concept to grasp if you're not used to doing personal development or inner work, right? So I would 100% say start journaling, start just writing down your thoughts, writing down the weird things that are in your head, the, the things that tell you you're not good enough, just start writing those down and then start questioning them, like question the fuck out of them. Like it, like ask yourself if they're real and get to the bottom of who you really are through that process. Um, meditation also is huge for this. I feel like by meditating, you're essentially just training yourself to observe your thoughts instead of creating stories. So like if you have a negative thought, like, oh, who am I to do this podcast? No one's going to listen to this. That could be the end of the thought. If you were like, okay, that thought came up. I understand that that's there, but that's not the ultimate truth. So let's move on versus, oh, this podcast is not going to go anywhere. How this is going to be so embarrassing. Oh my God. My ex-boyfriend from high school, I was just stalking his profile. He's going to see that I put this on there. How embarrassing. Oh, my mom's going to see this. Like, what are people going to think? And this is going to flop. You know, you could make a story out of it and you could go on and on and on. Or you could learn to observe your thoughts and move on from them. And so meditation is the process of learning to just observe that thought, let it pass by and not let it control you. So, yeah. What is something most people don't know about you? Oh, yeah. The first thing that popped into my head, which is obviously what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> um, I was homeschooled as a child until eighth grade. <laughs> and it's kind of, an, it's not something I ever thought would be part of my journey. I never talked about it. Like I never told people about it because I thought it was embarrassing. And even like some of my best friends here in Pittsburgh where I live, like I just told them like two years ago that I was homeschooled and they were like, what, what are you talking about? So I thought it was embarrassing for a long time and I just kind of tried to ignore it and never let it be part of my life. But what's interesting is that when I started maybe six, six months ago, even I realized that some of my insecurities, some of my like weird thoughts and fears or whatever really came from the point where I was in eighth, started eighth grade as the weird homeschooled girl. <laughs> 
and had to somehow try and fit in. So I came to this realization that that is actually an interesting part of my life and my journey, and I should share it because I don't know, it's maybe connects to one other person who had some weird childhood experience of being rejected and, and how that made them who they are. So yeah, that's the first thing that I thought of. <laughs> and what is the biggest challenge you've overcome and how? Biggest challenge I've overcome. Hmm. I mean, I, the first thing that comes to mind with that would probably be a couple years ago, I decided to get an MBA. This was before my online business when I was still like, what the heck am I going to do with my life? Um, I really saw myself like working my way up to the top of an organization or being a consultant, a business consultant, which is interesting because that's very similar to what I do now. But I went to get an MBA. I was working full time, probably like 50 hours a week, I would say. And then I was like going twice a week after work to a three hour master's class um, to get my MBA. And then I was doing homework and that was really hard. And there were a lot of times I wanted to give up and I don't really use that degree right now, but it, it was part of my journey and it really taught me that I could do things I never thought I would do. You know, I never really thought of myself as smart in high school and college. I never would have thought of myself as, as more intelligent than the average person or anything, you know? Um, I, I didn't really think I'd ever be somebody who could do something like that. So pushing myself through that and sticking it out when I wanted to give up was a big part of my journey. So that was probably the hardest thing that I've overcome in terms of like pushing through something. And who inspires you? Ooh, um, who inspires me? I mean, a few people that like in the online space that have really inspired my journey. One would be Angie Lee. Do you know Angie Lee? I love her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so good. And then um, Amanda Francis. I haven't heard of her. Oh, she's incredible. Yeah. Those two, I would say, are like the first ones that come to mind that I have like followed throughout my journey and have kept me going. Um, oh, I'm just like looking at a book on my desk. This isn't necessarily the same kind of inspiration, but I just happen to love Glennon Doyle. I don't know if you know her. Yeah, I've heard of her. She's an incredible writer. Her books are so, so, so real and raw and vulnerable. I like can't get enough of her. So she inspires me in a different way. She inspires me that it's okay to share the parts of you that aren't perfect. And everything doesn't have to look like, you know, everyone else and all of that. So, yeah. And what is something lighting you up right now? It could be anything. Um, right now I'm like dreaming of moving somewhere warm. And I know you and I were just talking because you're in LA and I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, and you're like automatically cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I do want to move to potentially Florida. I love Florida. I feel like it's paradise or maybe North Carolina, somewhere along the East coast probably, um, would be what I'd end up doing, but just wanting to be warm, also wanting to travel a lot So I guess that lights me up because it makes me really motivated to create like financial freedom. So I feel like for myself, I'm at a point where I'm making a lot of money, whereas it is financial freedom, but I also want my husband to come with me, especially if I move. (laughs) So I want, I want him to retire from his job. I want to retire him um, within the next year. I want him to quit his job. I want him to do whatever he wants to do. Maybe he'll be a professional fisherman, like some, like whatever he wants while I run my business. So 
that's kind of like lighting me up right now. Mm. How'd you meet him? Actually, he was my next door neighbor in college. <laughs> I was living off campus as a sophomore in a house. Um, and he lived in like the apartment building next door. He had a job. He's an electrician. So he didn't go to college. So he like had a real job. And I was like, honestly, drinking on my porch at like 2 p.m. Like college students do. And yeah, that's how we met. And it all, that was like almost 10 years. Actually, that was over 10 years ago. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. And what were your 20s like? Well, I just turned 28 last week. So I'm still in my 20s for a little bit. My 20s as a whole, I would say like my earlier 20s. I mean, they were a shit show, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A lot of confusion, a lot of wanting to be, I, I guess I could say I wanted to be there. And I'm making air quotes. People listening can't see them, but I wanted to be there. I wanted to arrive. I wanted to feel like I had, I feel like I was always chasing something. I feel like I wanted the next promotion. You know, in my sales career, I was so driven to get the next promotion and I'll be the first to admit, and I'm a three on the Enneagram if this helps anyone, but I wanted the titles. I wanted the corner office. I wanted the awards, you know, I wanted all of the like superficial things, which is fine. But that really drove me to always be like chasing something. And it was like, it was cool and it was fun and it made me successful. But if I could go back to my earlier twenties, I would just tell that girl, like, just, just chill out a bit and like have some fun, travel, see the world, you know, don't make your career path, don't make chasing your career goals the only thing you do in your life. You know, like let your hair down and have some fun and try to be present in the moment. So like now, of course, like there's things I want out of my career and like there's things, you know, I want to be a top 100 podcaster, stuff like that. But like, I don't let it make me feel like I'll be happy when, right? I don't make it feel like I'm chasing and chasing and chasing. I feel like being present in the moment and being happy with exactly where you are right now, owning that it's all part of your journey and that it's all going to be there at some point. That's like what real happiness looks like. And I didn't know that I was living. I feel like I thought I was happy, but I was really stressed out and anxious most of the time because I was never there. I was always searching and searching and chasing. So yeah, any advice I could give to someone in their early twenties would be just like, breathe, have fun, know it's all going to happen for you. Um, Know that getting that next promotion is not going to really change how you feel that much. You're probably going to be happier because that's not how happiness works. So just learn to be happy with what is and accept what is. And then that's really like how you end up feeling good. And are there any questions that you wish I would have asked you? Oh, let me try to think of some. Um, I don't know, but I could share. What can I share? My favorite book. I'm looking at my bookshelf. Um, I could share a book that has, I love The Big Leap. Have you read The Big Leap? I have not. It's really good. It's actually all about how we all have like ceilings for how much happiness we get to have, how much wealth, all of that, and how we'll self-sabotage um, as we hit, as we hit that point, 
right? So it's so interesting and it's so good. I would say that was a really big one. Um, I read one. I hope I can remember the title of it. Uh, the Monster Under the Bed, I want to say. And it's all about basically the ego brain giving you all the negative thoughts and it helps you break them down, analyze them. That one's super good too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. I hope we can stay connected. Yeah, definitely. Where can people connect with you? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram. It's candid.confidence. Um, my podcast is called Candid Confidence. And those are basically the two places that you'll find me the most. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.